GMs and coaches are talking. Teams are making moves. Let the flurry begin. It's the focus of today's TDN Daily. And welcome into the Tuesday edition of the TDN Daily Podcast. Chris Hugh, we're back with you here once again on the show. Hope everyone's having a great start to their Tuesday. The NFL Combine media availability has begun. Some teams already getting ahead of the March 15th league year, making some cap moves in order to put themselves in a good position. We're hearing from some GMs and coaches about what plans might be in store for them this offseason. So a lot to discuss here in a bit of a grab bag, a news and notes edition of the podcast. But before we dive into that, got to tell you about our friends over at Bet Online, who remain your number one source for all of your sports betting this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends over at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable, Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Just head on over to their website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just got to make sure to use our promo code BLEAV, that's B L E A V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. And this is that time of year, right? All the GMs and coaches and executives are all together in the same place. And so information is going to start to be shared. Uh, you're going to have uh, things start to get leaked. We kind of talked about that on yesterday's show. But today, starting today and throughout the next couple of days, we're going to have media availability with coaches, with GMs, with players. And you're going to just hear from everybody that's in Indianapolis for the NFL scouting combine, but we're already seeing a couple of different uh, moves that have already been made and moves will continue to be made here over the course of the next couple of days. And I think we're hearing some things from certain GMs that I think are telling about which direction they're leaning with certain things. And so we'll dive into that, uh, but a lot of stuff to get into. And I, I guess we'll start with the two pieces of uh, roster news, the transactional stuff uh, the giants planning on releasing Kenny Galladay uh, for, from their roster. And they are not going to have uh, him be a, uh, post June one cut, and so they are going to plan. They plan to waive him on the first day of the league year, according to Adam Schefter this morning. That will save the Giants six point seven million dollars against their salary cap. We know the uphill battle that the Giants face this offseason. Um, with needing to sign Daniel Jones, with wanting to re-sign Saquon Barkley. A lot of money needs to get allocated to both of those players. The franchise tag is looming, at least for one of those players. And so getting an understanding of what their number looks like, getting an understanding of uh, of an intricate knowledge of what their financials look like number-wise allows them to understand what they can and cannot do. Kenny Galladay wasn't playing a lot in New York, was injured by the end of the season, wasn't a part of the starting rotation there at the wide receiver position. So to get ahead of it, to save that $6.7 million against the cap, uh, they're still going to have to pay him out $4.5 million uh, for this season. But to save that money gives them a better framework of what to do. And again, not a surprise that another one of those Dave Gettleman deals didn't go down uh, well. Daniel Jones looks like a good pick. Saquon Barkley looks like a good pick. Those two guys are, 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 are figureheads of what this team wants to be moving forward. But other than that, there is a lot left to be desired from the Dave Gettleman era. So that's one of the pieces of roster news that we had today. But the other piece of news I think is very interesting. I don't think it's going to come as a surprise, but the Atlanta Falcons release Marcus Mariota. Uh, what this does is it frees up a ton of cap space. By cutting the 29-year-old quarterback, Atlanta is going to save $12 million on its cap for 2023. They already, the Falcons currently sit here today as we speak, 
as the team with the second most salary cap space in the league. They're a little over $56 million before this move. So they're going to be able to add uh, $12 million to that. They have to pay two, $2.5 million in, in dead money. Uh, they get to get out of his roster bonus that was due on the fifth day of the league year. So again, one of those maneuver-type moves, uh, a roster construction-type move to give yourself more cap space. And so... You, you want to talk about teams that are going to be big players in free agency and are going to be big players, I think, in the quarterback market, specifically if Lamar Jackson is available. you got to think that the Atlanta Falcons having the second-most cap space in the league at $56 million, will add another twelve, give them $68 million for next season. Gives them a lot of runway, a lot of wiggle room to be able to make moves. So they're a team that I think you very much are not soft circling in pencil. I think you're circling with them in pen as a team to keep an eye on, that a team is going to be very active, very aggressive in free agency, try to plug and fill the holes that they have on this roster. Meanwhile, also having a top 10 pick to be able to go uh, along with that to add an impact player in that regard. So they're a team that's set up very well to be able to really kind of overtool their roster very, very quickly and set themselves up in a division that we will constantly talk about here on the show that is somebody is going to have to grab the brass ring somebody is going to have to take the ball and run with it in the NFC South and the Atlanta Falcons with that kind of cap space with the young roster with the coaching staff that's gelled and seems to be rowing the boat in the same direction you got other teams like Carolina brand new coaching staff we like that coaching staff we like the direction they're going in but it is year one what are the expectations are the first year in the post Tom Brady era in Tampa Bay what does that look like the Saints currently don't have a quarterback there is an opportunity to strike here and the Atlanta Falcons from a financial perspective and when you look at their draft capital as well they are set up in a big way to be able to strike in that regard so they are a team that I will be keeping very close attention to as the offseason progresses and we've heard from a couple general matters as well. These will be the last two stories that we touch on here today. And again, the, like I said yesterday, the news and notes, they're going to come in flurries throughout the week. And so we will have plenty of things uh, to talk about. Derek Carr meeting with uh, some other teams, going to meet with the Jets and the Saints again in Indianapolis. He's actually going to be there to meet with these teams. Uh, looks like a meeting with Carolina is on the docket as well. So that's just a footnote compared to the other things uh, that we have. I thought it was very interesting. Packers general manager Brian Kuhn-Kuhn's not necessarily uh, committal to what his quarterback plans are going to be for next season. Basically saying that haven't had the conversations with Aaron Rodgers since he's come out of the darkness retreat. All the options are on the table. Talked about Jordan Love in a way that was, you know, very, we'd be okay if he was the starting quarterback of our team next season. And it just really feels, when you sit here and read these quotes, it feels as if they are trending towards going their separate ways. But I will tell you that the longer this goes, and the, and the more dragged out this whole process gets, certainly feels as though a reunion could be on the table. So you, you're getting mixed messages here in the way that this that, that this seems to be playing out. And so from, from my perspective, listen, th- th- we're just going to have to let the situation play out. Aaron is going to take his time. We're on Aaron Rodgers' schedule. Um, I know the, the Packers want this to be done by March 15th because they would like a pretty good idea of what things are going to look like for their team moving forward and what kind of restructure they're going to have to do with this contract. Those trade talks are not easy. They're going to have to have those conversations. And so the quicker they know, they quicker the quicker they can get the jump on getting that stuff sorted out, and then they can go on to fixing the roster for 2023 with or without Aaron as the quarterback. So there's a lot of stuff to go through there, a lot of words to parse through, and I think the big takeaway here is they haven't talked, so sit back and wait, and that this might take up until March 15th for Aaron to, to make a decision. What that does to other teams, <clears throat> the New York Jets, that are 
waiting around to see Aaron Rodgers' availability? Who knows? Because those teams might get too antsy and they might not want to wait until March 15th or past March 15th if Aaron really wants to take his time with this decision. So I look at this and I say, grab your popcorn, grab a snack, sit back, relax, uh, because this is not going to be a TV show episode here. In 30 minutes, we're going to get an answer. This is going to be a Marvel movie-esque saga here where we've got a, we've got probably a, an extended period of time before we learn one way or the other uh, what's going to happen uh, with Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Now, a bit of a juxtaposition here because you hear those comments from Brian Gutenkutz, the general manager of the Green Bay Packers, and it's non-committal, it's kind of wishy-washy, kind of leaving the door open, showing that all the options are on the table. Then you hear from the general manager of the Minnesota Vikings saying that a Justin Jefferson extension is a high priority for us. It is something that, uh, you know, we are prioritizing. Um, Kwesi Adolfo Mensa in his media availability, quote, I don't want to be the Vikings GM without guy, that guy on our team, end quote. Okay, very simple. They are going to do everything in their power that that is going to be the case, that Justin Jefferson is on the team for next season. And again, you, you can say a lot without saying a lot. And words like that tell me that Justin Jefferson is going to be a Minnesota Viking for an extended period of time. They are going to get this done. They are going to figure this out. They are not going to let the explosive weapon of their offense uh, even entertain the idea of being disgruntled, even entertain the idea of wanting to play someplace else next season. They are going to make that a top priority because, again, they got a window here to kind of compete with Kirk Cousins, and I think they're going to try to maximize that window, and Justin Jefferson certainly is part of that process. But this is the type of stuff that you're going to hear over the next couple of days, and so I thought it was important here on the show today uh, that we talk about these kinds of things, these pieces of news and information that comes out, um, and it gives us a lay of the land. These quotes... While I'm not putting a ton of stock into them, I think you can glean some information from the way a coach or a GM say something or the way they answer something or maybe the way they don't answer something, the words that they choose to leave out, things they don't say in an answer. And so we are, it's what we do here. We are going to pick apart and parse words here, but we are already starting to see the flurry, the flurry of activity because all of these teams, all of the personnel are together and... And I think this is just the beginning of what is going to be a very eventful week, again, with the backdrop of... We've got some future first-rounders, some future pro bowlers that we are going to be watching this week, and that's going to be a part of this as well. Is That's kind of the backdrop of all of this, and for us here at the Draft Network, it's what we're focused on, but there's also a lot of information to be gleaned uh, from what we are going to be watching over the next couple of days and all of these people being in the same building. So uh, information overload here over the next couple of days on the show. We've got you covered here at the Draft Network. Got a lot of people there on the ground in Indianapolis uh, covering uh, the press conference availability, going to be covering the event. Uh, draft Dudes did a full preview of the offensive side of things uh, for tomorrow's show. Uh, they're doing a preview the rest of the week uh, for the Combine, so lots of stuff to have you prepped uh, from a Combine perspective for the draft, but also all of the other news and notes that are going to come come out throughout the entire week. We'll be keeping an eye on that here on this show as well. want well, to appreciate you making this show a part of your day, rating, reviewing, subscribing, following along here on the journey uh, throughout the NFL offseason as we gear up uh, for uh, a fun summertime that I think is going to be had here for us here. Uh, as NFL fans. want to thank Ben Online for their continued support of the podcast. Everybody make it a great rest of your Tuesday. I will talk to you all tomorrow.